Welcome to the first episode of the Devil's Talking Padres, coming to you live from the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism and Mass Communication. I'm Dominic Stern, joined by Bobby Murphy. Today is Wednesday, February 19th. We're getting so close to spring training and the regular season. Bobby, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Dom. Super excited for spring training. Can't wait to get out there, see our Padres play. Yeah, we're, we're both heading to the game Sunday. Might even head up to a practice earlier in the week. We just want to see our Padres that we love so much. And what's going to go on in this podcast is just is talking about projections, job battles, stuff like that. Stuff that you're not hearing on a typical podcast. And us being here in Phoenix, we have spring training. We have the Arizona League. So we have access to prospects that not a lot of people have. Unless you're from Amarillo, Lake Elsinore. El Paso, Fort Wayne, we have prospects right here in our backyard. So we're going to start off this podcast by discussing some of the job battles that are going to be decided here in spring training for one, roster spots, and two, who's going to start for the Padres, at least at the beginning of the season. But Bobby, what spots do you think are locked up for the Padres going into the season? Locked up for sure. Obviously, first base with Eric Hosmer with his big contract. Hopefully, he can have a better year this year. But he's locked in at first base. The face of the franchise, Fernando Tatis Jr., is locked in at shortstop. And, of course, Manny Machado, the $300 million man, is locked in at third base. And Tommy Pham, the newly acquired player, in left. Yeah, and what do you think about locks for the pitching staff? Locks for the pitching staff? Obviously, we have Chris Paddock, Denelson Lamette, uh, Zach Davies, and uh, hopefully uh, Garrett Richards. Yeah, we're all hoping for a healthy season out of Garrett Richards. If he is healthy... And producing because when he's healthy, he's produced just about every year. His problem is he hasn't had a full season since 2017, so there's concerns there. And the bullpen is expected to be very elite for the San Diego Padres this year, anchored by Kirby Yates along with Drew Pomeranz, Craig Stammen, newly acquired Emilio Pagan, and a couple other names that broke out onto the scene last year. It's going to be interesting to see. We'll stay in the bullpen actually and discuss. Some players. So I just named a couple of players that I think are locks for the bullpen. Stammen, Yates, Pagan, Pomeranz. But there's a couple lefties competing for two more spots. A typical bullpen will have two or three lefties. And the Padres are fortunate enough to have four lefties available in the bullpen. Drew Pomeranz, like we just mentioned, he's going to be on the team. Matt Strom has been a bullpen piece for the past couple of years. Jose Castillo had a very good 2018, was injured all of 2019. Only got to pitch one inning. He actually didn't even get to complete the inning because he got hurt in it. And then left-handed pitching prospect Adrian Marejon got hurt in the middle of the year. He was struggling. But, Bobby, what do you think about these guys, and who do you think can make a strong push during the spring training as a left-handed pitcher to make his bullpen? Well, obviously, it's nice to have a bunch of lefties in the bullpen. Marejon hopefully could be um, in there. Obviously, we have Matt Strom if he, make, if he has a spot in there. Jose Castillo, what do you think of his chances? Uh, if he can stay healthy, I believe last year he was hurt a little bit. He was hurt. He only got to pitch one inning mid-August against Colorado. I was there. Along with a few other fans knew how good Castillo was in 2018, and we knew that he had a made a single appearance all of 2019. We were excited. He struggled early, walked the first batter, and struggled against the second batter. But he bounced back, struck that guy out. I think it was Trevor Story. And struck out the next batter on three pitches, but his first pitch against the fourth batter, he walked off the mound kind of funny, had to leave the game 
didn't come back the rest of the season. Neither did we really need him because at that point, the Padres were starting their fall. It's going to be very interesting to see if Castillo can rebound. Yeah, I would love to see Castillo come back strong. Obviously, he only had that one appearance last year, but hopefully he can be a good uh, lefty arm out of our bullpen. Yeah, Strom last year had a 3.27 ERA when pitching out of the bullpen. We expect a little bit better out of him this year coming out of the bullpen because last year he had several innings taxed on his arm because he was a starting pitcher for the first two and a half to three months of the season. He won't have that this year. He's going to be strictly a bullpen pitcher because now we have starting pitching. I would expect Strom to be a little better. I'd expect him to get a spot in this bullpen. And Castillo, if healthy and pitching, just decent. He'll be another pitcher for the Padres in their bullpen. It's going to be very interesting to see if he can be healthy. Because if he is, he's an elite he's an elite pitcher. That fastball-slider combination, very, very good for him. And then Morejon has one of the best pitching arsenals in all the minor leagues. His problem has been location and just getting in front of batters because he fell behind a lot of guys and he struggled. And his first appearance started off well, but after that, four of his last five appearances, he allowed at least one run, and in three of them, he allowed multiple runs. As for right-handed pitchers in the bullpen, it seems like Kirby Yates, Craig Stammen, and Emilio Pagan are going to be in the bullpen for sure. But outside of that, there's a couple players who should make the bullpen. Michelle Baez pitched unbelievable last year. He had two outings that just absolutely killed him when it came to his ERA and whip, and his ERA was still around three. And then Andres Munoz, his last two outings were not good, but outside of that, he had a 1.9 ERA. Do you think those two guys have a good shot at making the Potters' bullpen on opening day? I would love to see Baez make the bullpen, especially with his with his 6'8 height. And, yeah, he did a lot... Very well. I think it was him last year, who his first nine appearances, he didn't allow a run. Him and Munoz started off very strong. Yeah, so if Baez, I could also see him as a, if if the Padres do this at all this year, like they did some last year, have, if they do a bullpen start the game uh, with a reliever, I could see Baez go a few yeah, innings. him and Strom could definitely be utilized as an opener, as well as Morejon. Morejon started, I think, two games last year as an opener. I know he certainly started the game against the Cubs as an opener, but those guys can definitely use as an opener. Same with maybe Pagan, as Pagan is very effective against right-handed batters. It all depends on the lineup that we're seeing from the opponent. But what do you think about pitchers like Gerardo Reyes, Pierce Johnson, Trey Winter, Luis Perdomo, who might seem on the outside to make the Padres' bullpen. Yeah, so a lot of those guys last year, they were mainstays in our bullpen. We had them the whole season, and they had a lot of innings. Winter obviously did too. He was kind of up and down. Uh, Gerardo Reyes as well, he was mostly down, I believe. Yeah, he has incredible stuff. He just struggles a lot to find the strike zone. But when he's throwing strikes, he can throw that 87-mile-an-hour slurve, I guess you could say slider slash curveball and he throws 99 miles an hour to go along with it that's effective stuff and if Wincanter can keep his command and control could get in a spot in the bullpen as maybe a six inning guy because we'll have the late bullpen set probably with Pagan, Stammen, and Yates and possibly Munoz as well and it's also going to be interesting to see how these guys rebound with the new rule that requires them to face three batters coming out of the bullpen because some of these guys are very effective against right-handed batters if they're right-handed pitcher and vice versa if you're a lefty 
for Jose Castillo. So certain guys will have more value if they can get both sides out. And then guys who can only get one are going to be a little less effective. Yeah, that's why it'd be nice to have Munoz and um, Strom and some of the other lefties in the bullpen so we can have a lefty-on-lefty matchup. I know they do need to uh, go against three hitters now, um, but that'd be nice to have a lefty-on-lefty matchup late in the game. Yeah, Jace Tingler, AJ Preller are going to have a lot of options. It's a good problem to have, but let's talk about the guys who are going to be catching them. With Austin Allen being traded to Oakland for Jerks and Profar, that leaves just two catchers, unless if Luis Torrens can show something in spring training. I think Torrens is probably a year away from competing for a job. That leaves Austin Hedges and Francisco Mejia. They are about as polar opposite of catchers as you could have. Austin Hedges is the more typical catcher, a guy who's just insane defensively, but he's arguably the worst hitter in the league. And that's being put very lightly. 49 OPS plus. He's 50% worse than average. And he hit way under the Mendoza last year. He was at 176. Obviously, the Padres just have him because he is a uh, probably a top five um, defensive catcher in the league, and that can win games. That has pitchers feel more comfortable when they're with Hedges. I mean, he is still learning to become a better catch, a better fielding catcher, blocking the ball as Hedges. He had some trouble with last year, but as a whole, he has great command as a catcher, and the pitchers, pitchers feel very comfortable with him. Yeah, like I said, these two guys are about as far polar opposite as you can get. Mejia even played a game in left field, showing off his versatility, but he is still improving hitting and defensively. The way I look at Austin Hedges is he's already maxed out his fielding, and it's not going to get worse for any time soon. But his hitting is getting worse and worse. Like, two years ago, he would hit, you know, like 210 with, like, 15 to 20 home runs, and that's very productive for him because he's so good defensively. But last year, his offense was so bad, it kept him off the field. And if you're a Padres fan, you just want both guys to improve at their weaknesses. You don't need Hedges to get any better defensively, and you don't need Mejia to get any better offensively. Mejia had a great second half of the year, 850 OPS, but he's improving defensively. He's starting to work with the pitchers. It's going to be interesting to see how much he improved this offseason defensively. And if Hedges can just make contact with the ball, all he needs to do is put the ball in play. He strikes out way too much. He needs to limit the strikeouts because you just got to put the ball in play, move runners, make fielders make a play. You got to make the pitchers earn their outs. So who do you think has the upper hand right now? I believe uh, Mejia does because of his offensive power um, and not just power. Um, just overall, he hit 265 last year, which is a lot better than Hedges is 176. He puts the ball in play. It gives us a lot better of a chance in the lineup when Hedges is pretty much an automatic out most of the time. So I'd like to see Mejia get the starting job. He can work on his defense. He does have a strong arm. But if he can work on defensively, then he could be our catcher for hopefully the future. Yeah, I think Mejia is a little more of the future for the Padres. But it seems like, to me, Hedges is the right now. And I would... Bet almost everything I have that Hedges has a better offensive year than he did last year. Not that we endorse gambling on this podcast, but he will be better offensively. And I would also expect Mejia to be better defensively as well, including offensively. But I think where Hedges is at behind the plate, and he's going to improve offensively, I think he 
has a better shot at winning the job because the pitchers have made it very clear that they prefer Austin Hedges behind the plate. Obviously, they want Mejia to be hitting, but you can't have both unless if Mejia is playing in the outfield because we are a National League team. And we yet to not have a DH, which hopefully happens soon, so we can have both Mejia and Hedges. But in, especially last year, the splits with Hedges and Mejia were totally different for the uh, for the pitchers. They did a lot better with Hedges behind the behind the plate. Yeah, and so we just talked about relief pitchers and then catchers. Let's move to the starting rotation. I think you and I can both agree that the one-two combo is Lamette and Paddock, no matter what way you want to put it. Lamette started off a little slow, you know, coming off an elbow injury, but he really kicked it up in August and September. And then Chris Paddock obviously had an insane April, should have won NL Rookie of the Month. He didn't. He had that whole beef with Pete Alonso that was stupid but yet so awesome. And then he kind of fell off in May and June once batters and other teams started to figure him out. But he bounced back. He finished the year strong. It's going to be interesting to see in the spring who's going to earn the start on opening day because the other one will pitch the second game. There's no doubt about that in my mind. Yeah, I believe uh, as of now it will be Paddock because of his great start last year, and he will be with no innings limit this year. And he and he has the stuff, and Lamette does too. Last year he had 13 Ks per nine innings. Uh, obviously he had almost four walks per nine innings, so if he can keep his control and command, then he, he'll do a lot better. But yeah, as of now I see Paddock as the starting pitcher. Lamette needs to limit the walks. I think that it's going to be decided in spring. I think that it's totally up for grabs. Whoever pitches better this spring will be the starter on opening day. And once again, similar to the bullpen, this is a good problem to have. You have two guys who are going to go at it. And it's going to be awesome to see. Hopefully we can see some games with both of them. I know Bobby and I, we both attended a game with Lamette at Petco Park. Padres unfortunately lost that game to the Baltimore Orioles. Frustrating game for sure. But then we also saw Chris Paddock pitch here in Arizona. He pitched great, five-inning shutout ball. Unfortunately, the bullpen blew it, and Cattell Marte hit a grand slam about five rows behind us, and I was wearing my cowboy hat because I love Chris Paddock. But like I said, I think this is totally up for grabs in the spring. The three and four pitchers are likely going to be Zach Davies and Garrett Richards. Garrett Richards didn't pitch very well in September last year, but he hadn't really pitched much in 2018, 2017. So it was definitely good to see him out on the mound, but I think Zach Davies has the upper hand to be the number three pitcher. Yeah, I think Zach Davies has had more consistency throughout his career. Garrett Richards has been as well. He's had sub, obviously, with not many starting games. But he, in 2018 with the Angels, he had a, a 3.60 ERA, which is not which is not bad. It's solid. Zach Davies, he's been up and down. He had 17 wins in 2017 with a 3.9 ERA. So I could see that going to either of them. Uh, probably, I'd, I'd say Zach Davies for now, because Garrett Richards is still getting back into things. Obviously, he's been healthy all offseason, and hopefully in spring training he is too. But yeah, I'd say Zach Davies for now. How about you, Dom? I think a proper assessment is that Zach Davies has the higher floor, but Garrett Richards has a higher ceiling. Zach Davies, low-velocity guy. He should thrive in Petco Park. He's the type of guy that's made for it. He's not going to give up a lot of home runs, and Petco Park is going to favor you for that. But Garrett Richards has the better stuff. It's undeniable. Richards can hit in the upper 90s and has a killer curveball and slider. 
I think it's going to be very interesting to see if Garrett Richards can pitch a healthy spring. He'll certainly have a rotation spot. But that leaves the number five rotation spot open. There's guys like Kyle Quantrill, Joey Lucchese, even Mackenzie Gore, possibly Luis Patino. I think Patino's a year out for sure. But those three guys are going to go at it. And I see. it seems like Joey Lucchese is going to be the favorite. He has two years under his belt compared to Quantrill's half a year. Lucchese also had a better season overall. At one point, Kyle Quantrill was pitching out of his mind and was significantly better than Lucchese, and it looked like he was a starting pitcher for the future. But then he absolutely fell apart. The last four or five games. In late August, September, allowing four-plus runs, I think, four times. That's not ideal. Who do you think has the upper hand for the fifth spot? I would say Lucchese for now because uh, it'd be great to have a lefty arm in the in the rotation. Yeah, so Lucchese, I'd say for now, our workhorse last year, he had led the team with 163 innings, and he's healthy pretty much the whole season. He had a 4.18 ERA, which is not great, but it's not awful. Um, he, he led the team with 10 wins, so I could see Lucchese getting it. Mostly just have a lefty arm in the rotation. Yeah, Lucchese was the better pitcher last year consistently. His ERA always hovered right around 4. It never dropped below 3.7, never went above 4.5. But I think it was a little concerning that he didn't really take a step forward last year. Not that it's a bad thing, but you would have liked to see that because I, like many others, thought he was going to be the opening day starter and said Lauer won that in spring. And he pitched great, both pitched great opening weekend, and they both had good years. Lauer kind of took a step forward. He showed more control last year. But Lucchese didn't really improve on his 2018 season as his ERA in 2019 was higher than 2018 season. But I do think Lucchese has a better shot just because Cal Quantrill kind of fell apart in September. I'm a big Cal Quantrill fan. Always have been since we got him in the first round of the MLB draft. He was the number one prospect going to that draft, but had some injury concerns, so he slipped to us at number seven, I believe. But Cal Quantrill fell apart in September. Hopefully he can bounce back out here in spring. But Mackenzie Gore. He is the Padres' top prospect. He's the top pitching prospect in baseball. He has been often compared to Cole Hamels, Clayton Kershaw, some of the game's best left-handed pitchers. What do you think when you hear those comparisons? The first thing I think is also he, he like Kershaw, has an unorthodox release, the way he gets into his windup and releases the ball. But he has amazing stuff. His curveball is amazing. Slider, he's working on that too, and that'll get better. I mean, he's a great command, and I know he's only been in, tr- in single A last year, um, and hopefully we can see him by May, and he should be our number one ace for the future. He's certainly the ace for the future. I think that he has a legitimate shot to be the best starting pitcher in Potter's history, possibly the best pitcher in Potter's history, and that's saying a lot considering the best pitcher in Potter's history is the best closer in National League history, as Ted Leitner always says. It's so funny. He just doesn't even want to compare him to Mariano Rivera because they're both so great in their respective pitching ways. But Mackenzie Gore absolutely killed it in Lake Elsinore last year. 79 innings, 1.02 ERA, 0.7 whip. Those are video game numbers. He did see brief time at A before being shut down by the Padres. Only 21 innings, 4.15 ERA. Really just had one ref outing. But the Texas League is known for being a rough league to pitchers, so those numbers aren't too concerning if you're Padre fans. 
Do you think he's a shot to be on the opening day roster? On the opening day roster, I say it's unlikely, but it's always possible. Last year we saw Paddock and Tatis both uh, make the roster. So I, I say there's always a shot, there's always a chance. Um, it's probably unlikely. He could come up midseason, depending on how we're doing and how he's doing in probably double-A. If he can keep getting swings and misses like he did last season, he had 12.5 Ks per nine innings, and he has amazing stuff. It should be illegal. It should be. It, it, is, it is not okay. I think he's definitely going to make an appearance at some point in 2020, probably late May, early June, especially depending on Garrett Richards' health, which, as we've already said multiple times this podcast, is definitely a concern. But let's move back out towards the position players. I think second base is a really interesting spot because last year everyone thought Luis Arias was going to you know, have his breakout year. And then he was terrible in spring training. And Ian Kinsler, who was signed to a questionable two-year, $8 million deal, performed very well in spring training. And everyone's like, oh, you know, Kinsler could play second base for our future. And then he, he, was, was, he was absolutely so awful. bad. Second base is definitely interesting because Kinsler retired. Arias had a very, very good September. He was, in fact, the Potters' best hitter in September. But he was traded to Milwaukee. And as we hinted at earlier, when we were talking about the catchers, Austin Allen and Buddy Reed were traded to Oakland for Jerks and Profar, A.J. Preller's boy. Who do you think has the best chance at playing second base for the majority of the time this year? Greg Garcia, the left-handed veteran who hits righties pretty solidly, or Jerickson Profar, the switch hitter, who had very bad defensive problems last year, but absolutely killed left-handed pitching. Um, as of now, I'd say Profar. I did like I did like Garcia last year. Um, he, I mean, he was solid last year. Uh, he, I mean, he did only hit two fifty, which is not great, but just the way he played last year, he always put the ball in play. It seemed like, but I would say Profar just because we got him for a reason. We didn't get him to play to have a platoon at second base. Because obviously Profar's a switch hitter, Garcia's lefty, so Profar can hit both. But as of now, I'd say Profar. I agree. Profar is definitely the favorite. Hasn't lived up to the hype of him being the number one overall prospect back in 2011, I believe. It's been a long time coming for Profar. Still hasn't quite figured it out. And he's had shoulder problems. His throwing is very concerning at second base, which is not something that you want. Birthday is actually tomorrow, believe it or not. But... I think he's the favorite, mostly because Preller went out and acquired him. You don't go out and acquire someone giving up a good catching prospect and a guy who at one time was an elite outfielding prospect. Buddy Reed was drafted in the third round. I was so high on Buddy Reed. Loved watching him at Florida, but his bat just never figured it out. Elite fielder, elite speed, couldn't figure it out at the plate. I think this is Profar's job to lose, but he needs to prove that he can hit righties if he wants to play more because I think Garcia is going to have more playing time against righties, but Profar should start every time against left-handed batters. 127 or something like that, OPS plus against left-handed pitchers. That is very, very good. Sorry, 137 OPS plus for his left-handed pitchers. He'll see the majority of the playing time, but don't count on Garcia. Garcia performed above all expectations last year. And uh, last year, Profar hit... As you said, against lefties, he hit 305 against lefties last year compared to 192 against righties. He did he felt a lot more comfortable um, in the batter's box against lefties last year, and that would be a great uh, left-handed bat for or switch 
hitting bat, especially against lefties for uh, our lineup. Yeah, so let's move, let's move further back. Let's talk about the outfield. The outfield has been totally transformed from last year. The starting outfield at the end was Martini in left, Manuel Margot in center, wow. and then Josh Naylor and Hunter Renfro in right. Of those guys, only one of them remains. And you know, Will Myers was playing in and out in the outfield. But Tommy Pham was acquired one of the game's best left fielders, one of the game's best hitters, one of the game's best leaders. He will play in left. There's absolutely no question about it. He will play 150-plus games if he's healthy. He has an elbow injury concern, but it seems like that is all solved out. So the two spots that are open are center field and right field. And it seems like there's no true center fielder on this Padres roster. And they've been rumored to trying to acquire center fielder Nick Senzel from the Reds. That seems unlikely to happen. So they're just going to roll with what they have. Trent Grisham played mostly right field for the Brewers following the Yelich injury. And he played center field while Kane was injured last year. He played better defensively in right field. But he has a very good shot to play in center field because the guy he's mostly going to be competing against is Franchi Cordero, whose defense is very suspect. Yeah, Cordero is a great lefty bat. He can't have a lot of power, and and I I love that power he showed. He can hit the he, he can hit bombs. He had a few four sixty foot home runs, and if he can just keep the ball in play, hopefully he can be um, a power power bat in our outfield because we don't have many. Obviously, there's Will Myers, um, who hopefully he can produce this year. Fam, yeah, he had twenty home runs last year, so he's somewhat he can. He does have some pop. Fam's more of a gap-to-gap guy. He's not a guy that's going to hit the ball over the wall, and that's not what you need out of him. And that's why we traded for him, so that he can be a gap-to-gap player. Yes, because one of the Potters' biggest problems last year was getting on base. That's something that Fam absolutely excels at. They have other guys behind him, such as Will Myers, Manny Machado, Francisco Mejia. Guys like that can put the ball over the wall at a much higher rate. But who do you think has a better shot at winning center field, Cordero or Grisham? I would say Grisham for now. Obviously, Cordero's a great power bat, um, but do we, we traded for, for Grisham? We traded for Grisham. He was in the Luis Urias and Eric Lauer trade that also brought in Zach Davies. Yeah, so he is, is he, he's a lefty bat too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Grisham and Cordero are both left-handers. Yeah, so um, I would say... I would say Grisham probably. I would love to see Cordero um, play all, as well because if he can stay healthy, I'd love to see him play the, uh, the full season. And even off the bench, he could be a good power bat late innings um, or even they, just a platoon in center field. If we need more contact, more power, we have both of them. I agree. I think Grisham's a favorite mostly because of his defense and his ability to get on base. He was batting leadoff in the wild card game. A lot of people forget that because all I remember from him out of the wild card game was the error on a ball that took a bad hop on the Juan Soto ground ball. But he scored the game's first run. He walked right before he was Monte Grandal, hit the home run against Max Scherzer. Not an easy guy to get on base against. This dude has a rare ability to get on base at such a young age, similar to Luis Urias. I like Grisham to win center field. That doesn't mean that Cordero can't play. Because right field is also open. And I think there's three guys competing for right field. It's going to be Cordero, Myers, and Naylor. And Naylor looks like he's lost some weight at spring training during this offseason, of course. He shows up. He looks like he's in better shape. His swing looks a little more balanced. He can get that outside pitch a little easier because he can stay back. What do you think 
of right field, and who do you think has a good shot at winning this job? I would say Will Myers because, first of all, I hope if, if, if he's still on the team um, opening day, I would say he gets it because obviously it would be nice to have some power out in the outfield if Cordero is on the bench. And if we have Naylor out there, he's not a great fielder. Neither is Cordero. I know Myers is not the best fielder either, but he's better than, the, than those two, I think. And we're also paying him a fortune. So, yeah, I'd say Will Myers. Hopefully he can bounce back and have a good season like he did in 2016 All-Star year. I like Myers' start out there, too. I also think there's a very high probability that he platoons with Cordero. I don't think Naylor makes the opening day roster just because of the way this roster is laid out. I think that he could start at first base if we weren't paying Eric Hosmer twenty plus million dollars to also be a left hander. You know, different story if Naylor is a right handed batter, but he's not. So I look at Myers getting the majority of playing time out of right, Cordero also getting some playing time, and then Myers could also platoon with Eric Hosmer at first base. Started to see that a couple times last year. Eric Hosmer was very, very bad against left-handers. He was awful. So it's all going to depend on how Tingler handles the situation and how he's been talked so highly about his way of communication, his way of talking. He needs to use that ability to tell Eric Hosmer, hey, man, you don't hit lefties very well. And Will Myers does. And Will Myers also isn't great out in the outfield. So we need him to play. So why not play him at first base? When a left-handed pitcher starts, it also gives Hosmer some more days off, and that's going to allow him to play better against right-handed pitchers because he's not so worn out. Hosmer's not a young guy. I think he's 29 at this point, but he definitely can still hit right-handed pitchers. His fielding definitely was very bad last year, but Bobby Dickerson was brought in. Hopefully he's going to work with him a lot. We've already seen some funny videos on social media about that, but this outfield situation very interesting. I've said this about a couple other positions. I think the outfield is totally decided this spring. Yeah, I think, I mean, pretty much the whole oversight second base um, and Hosmer will, will obviously start at first uh, most of the season. But yeah, pretty much the whole infield set upside second base. But the outfield, uh, we will really see in spring uh, who can show up and who will get the spots. I agree. And with that, that is going to end the pilot episode of the Devils Talking Padres podcast. We thank you for tuning in. We hope to catch you next time. We hope to see you out at some spring training games, some spring training practices. We'll be there for a few games as well. I look forward to it, and we thank you for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys next time.